Welcome back to the War Chant Kingdom. As you all know, we began this phase with a series of questions to the superfan X Factor. X Factor was on the line. He answered several questions that we had going. He has agreed to come back. Uh, we have a series of more questions that we'd like to ask him. Uh, so, first of all, thanks, Ty, for coming back, and uh, glad that you have an opportunity to rejoin the show. Yeah, thank you so much, buddy, for having me back. I'm excited. Good deal. Now, just just so you know, and we went through this offline, I just want to reiterate that some of these questions may get difficult. Um, you've agreed to answer the questions, so uh, hopefully it's not uh, too big of a burden on you, and we'll get started if you're ready. Yep, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Okay, so uh, the next question that we had was, besides going to uh, the football games, what else did you do as X Factor? Wow, there's so much to cover there. Um, you know, especially in 2003, we actually started what was uh, a charity organization called KC Superfans. Um, and I started going to just about every charity event that um, was held in Kansas City. I started um, going and um, speaking at schools. Um, I started going to like rest homes, handicap facilities. Uh, if there was, you know, a fundraiser, I would go to fundraisers or try to raise money. And and then it just kept evolving and evolving and growing and growing as the years went by, you know, and I started going to hospitals and visiting kids with cancer or, you know, major um, like heart problems or, you know, different types of diseases and stuff. And uh, things started about 10 years ago where um, we, my daughter actually asked if we could start taking some of these kids that she'd met, um, which I nicknamed angels um, because I truly believe they are, you know, God's um, gifts to us, you know, to change our lives um, and how they battle, you know, things that we can't even imagine battling, you know, cancer or whatever, you know, and doctors and, and surgeries and everything. And so what I started doing was when I'd go um, to the hospital and meet these kids um, and how that happened was like um, friends and Chiefs fans would say there's this kid um, at Children's Mercy and I would, you know, get flooded with um, all these kids that were down at Children's Mercy. And so I'd go down there and I would take them gifts, um, you know, and try to bring some joy and happiness and excitement, you know, to them and encourage them um, to keep fighting. And at the end of my visit, I would say, have you ever been to a Chiefs game? And not one of these kids ever said yes. Um, and so I'd say, how would you like to come in a few months and be a special guest um, um, X Factor and go to a Chiefs game? And so I had to let the parents know that, you know, we have two home preseason games coming up. Um, 
and they could pick whichever one they wanted to. And then the neat thing was, was Chiefs fans from all over, um, you know, um, preseason games, it's such an expensive deal to, you know, bring the family or whatever, if they live a long ways away. So they started donating their tickets and their parking to me. And then, um, fans from all over the world, if they didn't have season tickets, would purchase tickets or parking and send it to me. And in eight years, we took over 600 kids plus um, at least four family members for each kid um, to the preseason games. And it just changed my whole world. You know, it was kind of like a, a make a wish deal for these kids and you know it was so awesome to get a day where these families because they're dealing with doctors and you know one parent losing a job and um, having to go be with their kid all the time at the hospital and then the other parent trying to you know make the income and take care of the other kids um, you know it just gave them a day where you know cancer disabilities um, illnesses whatever just disappeared and the neat thing was is um, after you know that we would take these kids to the games the parents you know they they've kind of felt alone you know um not having um people that were going through similar circumstances to be able to um you know connect with other families that were battling the same type of stuff they were and and providing a support network for them you know and and it was just one of god's greatest blessings you know and and my daughter personally um, was born with a rare condition called arthrogryposis where she didn't have water in the womb, so her arms and legs didn't develop normally. Um, so, you know, just having my angel, like, inspire that um, just it just meant the world to me and and preseason games became like my super bowl um you know they were the instead of boring games uh, well it doesn't really matter um they become the games that i look forward to even more than the playoff games and stuff so just amazing how god works and how god brings people into your life to um, team up with you and um, make amazing things happen. That's uh that's awesome. Especially the, you know, people, you know, getting involved and helping out and, and donating or buying, or like you said, uh, I'm sure that as that transpired, it probably put a lot of pressure on you to try to figure out, you know, Hey, who do I take? When do I get them there? Do I have enough, you know, those type of things. And, and with that, I guess, so, so I guess my question would be is, you know, as X Factor and as your, your character started to grow and as you became more popular, what were the negatives being X Factor, like, you know, you know, pressure and, and things like that? Well, and I tell everybody, you know, <laughs> that um, people just can't relate to, you know, um, when you, you're getting gain some fame or whatever because i tell people it was actually like the the more famous x factor got the more alone i felt um and here's why because there was a couple different factors in there um like 
my true friends that I grew up with and, um, you know, been around forever, they thought that I'd grown so big that, you know, I didn't want to hang out with them or didn't have time for them. Um, so, you know, they wouldn't invite me to, Hey, let's go fishing or Hey, let's go, um, you know, play pool or something, you know, or do you want to just go hang out and, um, watch a game over at my house or something. And then it also brought people into my life that, um, were strictly just what can I get, get them, you know, can I get them close to the players? Can they go to events that the general public doesn't get to go to? Um, and you know, like, so I just felt so alone, um, you know, because, um, like when I struggled with alcohol and drugs, um, you know, I, I just didn't have anybody really to, you know, reach out to and ask for help. And another part of the image is like, um, when you're you know supposed to have it all together and people see you out doing amazing things in the community and stuff like that um you know it my pride i didn't ask for help and i didn't want to show weakness um you know and so it just it left me alone and a lot of times with the pressures you know um I, I would just, you know, turn back to drugs or alcohol, you know, as to take away that pressure and escape reality, which only made quicksand even worse, you know, and it, it wasn't until I like hit rock bottom and that's where, you know, I found God, um, and Jesus and, and incorporate, started incorporating them into my life, you know, as to have someone when I felt so alone to, um, you know, go to and ask for help and, and everything, you know, and I, I had to like go through some of the biggest storms imaginable you know um and everything when you're known um quote famous whatever you want to call it um is magnified um and and you know you find that there's a lot of people that get jealous of the attention you get so they want to like try to do um destroy your image or you know um cast lies or whatever because um you know they want what you got and and you know all of it just you know becomes so so overwhelming um you know and and not having you know um people that i could turn to that could understand what it was like you know um being me um and and i also realized that you know my heart is so huge that i give 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 and that's i was constantly what can i do to help the community and i would go and go and go and and you know even like the the two guinness world records that i helped bring to arrowhead i i literally you know burnt my candle you know so long and hard on those things by going 20 24 hour days that you know i found out that i'm i i was just broke i didn't have time for myself you know and to take care of myself and 
and my relationship with God was pretty non-existent, um, you know, but it wasn't until I crashed and burned in 2017 and lost everything. And I was actually in a jail cell and I'd lost everything. I mean, everything, you know, um, financially possessions. Um, I was open as trying to open up a store at the time. I lost all that. But I'd lost like a lot of friends and and not lose family, but they just couldn't see uh, me. You know, uh, they couldn't stand there and watch me destroy myself um, and stuff. So I I'd lost everything. And the scary thing was, is I for once in my life, I lost hope and I'll never forget being in a jail cell. And I just hit my knees and said, Father, I've lost everything. I'm so broken. Can you just please give me hope back in my life? Um, and, you know, that was um, the day that my life started taking a whole different um, trajectory, you know, instead of, um, you know, just being so lost and um, so broken where, um, you know, God's um, been moving in my life and changing my life and restoring me and raising me back up. Um, uh, but I had to go through a few more deals, which I think was one of the questions you were going to lead into. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you know, as it sounds like to me, like you've kind of lived almost quote unquote, a rock style life where you, you know, seem like you, you, you know, you had ups and then you, you hit rock bottom and then you kind of got you know, back on a good path and then things kind of took a turn for the worse. And there's been a lot of not just local, but national attention about the incident that happened at Arrowhead stadium. Um, can you lead into us a little bit? And, and it doesn't have to be specific necessarily, but what, what happened on that incident and, and after that incident, how have you, uh, turned it around? Yeah, it's a it's a long backstory, you know. I I, I used to have an apprentice, um, Red Extreme, that you know I named and um, kind of you know brought fame to him and got him tickets right next to me and took me under um, you know my wing and um, you know we he ended up you know wanting everything I had and um, he started telling some lies to charities and I got a DUI back in the day and and he tried to get me kicked out of the organization that I'd founded and um, and then he ended up you know behind my back messing around with the mother of my child or yeah, the mother of my child and you know, so I kicked him out of my organization, took away the tickets, and I and I dealt with for years him, um, you know, saying a whole bunch of lies about me and and um, you know confronting me to my face a few times um, and stuff, threatening me, all kinds of stuff, you know, and and for most part I just ignored it forever and. You know, right before the Buffalo Bill game, I had actually relapsed, um, you know, and it was not that my world was falling apart, but um, it, I was starting to have success and I struggle with success just as much as I do being broken, you know, and and I'd made the choice that, hey, 
you know, I've been clean for, um, you know, a long time, um, almost four years, um, I can, you know, have a drink. And, and so I really don't remember much from that day. Cause I, I had for one of the few times and, um, uh, well, no, it was the only time in, um, the previous nine years I went to Arrowhead drunk and, and drank out at Arrowhead and, and really didn't care about, you know, I, I'm trying to be a role model and stuff. That's what alcohol do to you, you know. And so I don't really remember much of the incident. Um, people said I threw water. I, I don't have any recollection um, I at him. Um, I know I, I was going down to... Uh, a different section. I didn't even know he was in that section. I didn't know where he sat at Arrowhead um, to see a friend's grandson that he brought to the game. And I didn't make it there. Um, he come up the stairs and um, gave me a shot, you know, um, one punch and um, ice all stars. And the next thing I remember was just waking up and seeing this lady over the top of me kind of look like an angel, you know, um, try, trying to talk to me. And she was like, oh, there you are. And, and finally it took the cops a long time to get there. Um, uh, but, um, they took me to, um, the triage area. And at the time I didn't really feel that bad. I was still in shock, you know, like I probably had a concussion or whatever, and it wasn't until after I started, they actually kicked me out of the stadium that night. And it wasn't until I was walking, started walking um, out of the parking lot after they got me out of the wheelchair that my ribs just were killing me. And so um, after the game, I um, had um, some people get take me up to the ambulance. And I went and I found out I had four broken ribs from that Um you know, altercation. And then, yeah, uh, um, that night after getting out of the hospital, my phone was dead and I just went and relaxed. And then I woke up the next morning and the media had already got wind of the story. You know, it wouldn't, there was a couple million hits on Twitter already on an eight second video of me getting knocked out. And so then it was the whirlwind of, you know, I actually in my scrubs went and did um, one local news station that, um, with the story and, and it just blew up either into the national um, stuff. And, you know, the, the thing that like hurt the most was, um, you know, the people that don't even know who I am, don't even know my story or whatever. It, it just become like, days of our lives where people were throwing in their two cents. So, you know, there was a lot of lies that ended up coming out, you know, pretty, if you follow my social media, I'm, you know, really honest about my struggles and, and things that I've done wrong. And, um, you know, I'm in AA and NA where, you know, I, I try to make amends to the people I can, um, and stuff, but it, it just trended, um, you know, and some of the most vicious things I've ever seen, you know, were just spiraling around the internet, um, you know, where it just, 
it, it made me not want to be X Factor anymore, you know, and uh, just I was it just blew my mind how you know it just went viral, um, and and how there was you know very few that come saying Ty, you know you relapse do you need help you know um it was just people were just you know trying to bury me um and you know so it definitely you know um it, it, it saddened me at first but you know um now you know i've come to <laughs> excuse me such peace that you know um god um let that happen i went through that storm just so you know my relationship with him could grow stronger and stronger and um and he really you know in the last few months has put on my heart that you know he's gonna take me into different arenas and different places and um you know where i can glorify him you know it, it was honestly what more could I do at Arrowhead Stadium? I, I subsequently got banned um, from Arrowhead because of that being in an altercation and stuff. And, um, you know, it um, I, it just made me realize how I went all in and put that way before everything else in my life for, you know, a long, long time. You know, you're talking... Um, uh, 22 years just as X Factor, um, you know, and so it really refocused me into different directions and, and, you know, um, it, it, it's hard to let go of something that, you know, has been such a huge part of my life, but that was pride, you know, I was, I, I was wanting the glory still and, you know, um, all that and that's that's not where the glory should go it should go to god for sure and i and i'll tell you that uh you know doing my own research i noticed that there was a lot uh not just locally but nationally where people took you know the eight second video and, and gave their opinion of it and and a lot of people were actually getting on and trying to to tell the backstory and that type of thing which is one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on i wanted to give you the opportunity to tell your side of the story um, Absolutely. So, uh, real quickly, just uh, we're going to have to end this segment real quick. Um, I'd like to do another segment with you to kind of finish up uh, some of the things that you touched on earlier, do a little maybe summary, and then uh, talk about some things to come if you're okay with that. you know, to expand on it. I love the opportunity to be able to, you know, tell my testimony of what's going on and stuff. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Okay. Well, uh, this is the War Chant Kingdom. Uh, this is part number two of the X Factor interview. Uh, stay on the lookout for part three as it comes up. Uh, if you have any questions or any messages that you want to send, send a War Chant, um, I have spoken with Ty and, and he's willing to uh, answer some of those questions. If you want to send them in, uh, we will go through them and bring them back at some point to answer those. So, But for today, we're going to stop here. Part three will be out here shortly. So thank you for listening to the War Chant Kingdom. <laughs>